This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Ever podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show from the No Name Never podcast. I'm producer Matt, sitting in for Natalie this week as she's away throwing herself down the side of a snowy mountain. What people do for fun, eh? But I am joined as ever here in No Name Never Towers by Statman Dave Roberts. Dave, hello, welcome along. How are you? I'm very well, Matt. It's a pleasure to have you along. I think it's been a a little while since we've had you on the uh, podcast. I mean, obviously you've been involved with the... uh, editing every week but it's not often we get you uh up front and uh, and hosting no I, I tend to hide in the shadows and uh um, try not to spoil the sound of it with my uh, not so dulcet tones but uh needs must and um yes i'm here just for this week maybe maybe next week as well see when natalie gets back um so uh the lads got together last night um if you haven't already spotted that in your podcast apps that uh, there's a new analysis show came out um, last night this morning. Uh, Richard and Tom and Adam got together uh, to discuss the Liverpool match. Dave, what was your take on it? Um, I thought we played okay. We, we played uh, pretty well. Um, it's one of those, it's always a difficult side to play Liverpool. And it was, In the end, it was a, a somewhat of a scrappy win for them. They got a, a scrappy goal. They made a couple of good saves. We missed a couple of good chances. And then they were time-wasting for uh, quite a lot of the second half. So it's... Um, yeah, but Burnley get criticised for it. I think it's called game management when uh, the big six do it, but it's uh, time wasting when it's Burnley. But uh, it's the same thing, uh, really. And uh, yeah, scrappy win, a dirty win, as Jurgen Klopp co- uh, called it. They'll obviously be pleased to get the three points. But we were, yeah, consider ourselves a little bit unlucky. We didn't get something out of the game, perhaps. Absolutely, there there was a, some real clear cut chances, um, which is positive to see. Really, that you know you wouldn't want to be kind of coming out of a 1-0 defeat and not really have have had any really good attempts on their goal. You know, Alisson was clearly the standout player for them, I think, at the weekend. Um, but it's it's good stuff to take into Brighton, um, I think. Definitely, yeah. I think it's... Um, well, the, the last three or four games, we've been solid. Um, perhaps we've not been as creative going forward as we might be. We maybe need... Um, 
uh, Maxwell Corney to, to step up and score goals like he was before his injury and uh, then it might be a, a different matter in the next few games. We're going to have a, a tricky uh, run of games coming up, but perhaps ones we're more likely to get points in than we were uh, in the tough run of games we've had recently. Yeah, I was thinking before, you know, coming into these last four games, Arsenal, Watford, United and Liverpool, um, we've taken three points from them. It, it wouldn't have been a huge surprise if we'd lost against Arsenal, United and Liverpool. And, and if we'd beaten Watford, we would have come out of it with the same number of points. Somehow it feels, I don't know if it feels better, if it feels worse because of the, you know, the performance against Watford in the first half against United. But mathematically, we're kind of no worse off than if we'd lost three of them and won one. It's, it's, it's strange, really, isn't it? How it can kind of affect your view of, of where the team is at. Yeah, I mean, our season isn't going to be judged on how we do against the likes of, uh, of Liverpool, but if we can get points out of those games, it helps. But we need some wins from somewhere. We've drawn far too many games. Need to uh, find some wins, hopefully, starting with uh, the match on Saturday. Absolutely. But before we look ahead to Saturday's match at Brighton, we need to reveal the answer to last week's quiz question, which we set for you at the end of our Liverpool preview show. And it was a little bit of a stinker, I think. It was a little bit of a a toughie, a real tester. The question was, against which teams did Jay Rodriguez score his first league goals in English and Scottish football? What were those answers, Dave? Uh, the correct answers were, uh, in Scotland, the correct answer was Grenock Morton. He, we, we've actually mentioned he was on loan at uh, at Stirling Albion, uh, and he scored against Grenock Morton. Um, and in England, it was actually Crystal Palace. That was a tricky one. He'd already scored in cup games uh, against Fulham. That was his, his first uh, goal. He'd also scored um, in the League Cup against Spurs and also scored in the Cup against QPR. His first league goal was against Crystal Palace. And did any of our listeners get this tricky question right? Uh, well, as you say, it was a toughie, I thought, although we did get some correct answers. Andrew Blythe got in touch to tell us that the Scottish team was Greenock Morton, although being a Clarets fan who lives in Scotland, that might have helped him slightly with that one. Uh, Bryn Jones also got Greenock Morton. I was in touch via email to let us know that, but once again, didn't get the English team right. And the only one to get both answers right although perhaps with a little bit of help, was quiz regular John Robertson. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to stay completely out of the whole John Robertson, Google brain thing that's going on. Uh, I'll, I'll leave that one for Natalie to judge when she gets back. So we will be setting, of course, another quiz question for you later in the show, but you'll have to stay tuned until the end for that. Meanwhile, we've got some history to look at, starting with our past Premier League away visits to Brighton. Premier League head-to-head! Yes, as one of their most famous supporters might say, uh, Brighton have come a long, long way from the club that was homeless in the late 1990s and even had to play in Gillingham for a season, uh, that was uh, 70 miles away, uh, before moving temporarily to the Withdean Stadium, before they finally found their new home. Uh, as well as being a relief for them, it's been something of a step up to visit the Falmer Stadium, which opened in 2011, and that's been sponsored by American Express ever since. Uh, our paths have crossed in four previous Premier League seasons, and all four of these games have been played at Falmer. And remarkably, Burnley are unbeaten in these four away games there, with three draws and one away win. Uh, our paths didn't cross in the Premier League until the 2017-18 season. 
Brighton took an extra season to gain promotion after narrowly missing out to Burnley and Middlesbrough in 2015-16, but they were eventually promoted as runners-up to Newcastle in 2016-17. In December 2017, we came away with a point in a goalless draw, although Brighton's Glenn Murray blazed a penalty over Nick Pope's crossbar during the first half. We went one better in February 2019 with a 3-1 away win. That was thanks to two goals from Chris Wood and an Ashley Barnes penalty. In September 2019, we rescued a point thanks to a late Jeff Hendrick goal. And then in November 2020, the two teams played out a rather forgettable goalless draw in a match which was played behind closed doors. Uh, with five draws and 60 feats on the road in our 11 Premier League away games so far in 2021-22, could Brighton be the place where we eventually get that elusive first away win? I really, really hope so. It would be a real big boost. Memory match! So, it's not one of those that you've picked, but which match have you picked this week for our memory match? Uh, well, yeah, there was a temptation to revisit our 3-1 away win, that one we mentioned from February 2019 as this week's memory match, but we've decided to go back a little bit further uh, to April 2016 in a vital match in the race for promotion from the Championship. Uh, Dale Stevens, who was, of course, playing for Brighton back then, opened the scoring for the home side after 30 minutes, but Andre Gray netted an equaliser three minutes later. However, the home side went into the break 2-1 up after a goal from Anthony Knockhart when his shot deflected in past Tom Heaton. Uh, the score remained 2-1, but we all thought Burnley had scored an equaliser with two minutes remaining. But in the days before goal line technology, the officials failed to spot that the ball was clearly over the line from Michael Keane's header. However, justice was eventually done when another header from Michael Keane from yet another Burnley corner crossed the line this time and hit the back of the net to earn a valuable draw and an away point to continue an incredible unbeaten run in the league, which had then stretched to 16 games. As we now know, that tally would eventually increase to 23 by the time we won the last match of the season at Charlton to confirm our status as championship winners. I don't think I've ever seen Phil Bird quite as angry before or since. Um, He's got um, Visa with him this week, hasn't he? Uh, he has. Yes. Liam's with him, uh, co-commentating. So that'll be uh, interesting. I did. I did tweet Liam uh, to tell him that, uh, as well as knowing, speak about the match, he needs to keep Phil calm. <laughs> quite. Yeah. Part of the job description. Yeah, absolutely. On this day. So, uh, what has happened on this day in the past day when Burnley have played? Uh, well, yeah, we're looking back to past matches Burnley have played on the 19th of February, the uh, the date of this match, and Burnley have only won three of the 17 previous matches we've played on this date. Uh, we didn't play a competitive match uh, on the 19th of February until 1910. That was a 1-0 defeat at Oldham Athletic, and that was followed by two more defeats. Uh, the one in 1921 was a real shock. Burnley were in the middle of an unbeaten run in the league and would eventually be crowned champions of England. We had a, a well, eventually go on and have a 30-match unbeaten run. That record stood for, for a long time. Uh, but we inexplicably lost 3-0 at Hull City in the FA Cup. Uh, and then in 1927, we lost another away tie in the FA Cup, this time 2-1 at Chelsea. Uh, there were just two more games on the 19th of February before the Second World War. We won an FA Cup fifth-round replay, 3-0 at Nottingham Forest in 1935. That was our first win on this date. Uh, but we lost 3-1 at Stockport County in a second division game in 1938. 
1949, Burnley had risen back to the top flight and we beat Chelsea 3-0 for our second of three wins on this date. Our only game on the 19th of February in the 1950s was a 1-0 defeat at Sheffield United in 1955 and for our only match of the 1960s, we drew 1-1 against Everton at Turf Moor. That was in 1966. There were further defeats at Birmingham City in 1972 and at Southampton in 1977, both by a 2-0 scoreline. At 1979-80 was a tough season for Burnley, and we suffered yet another defeat to West Ham United, who visited Turf Moor on the 19th of February 1980. They came away with a 1-0 win courtesy of a goal from Alan Devonshire. In 1983, we drew 0-0 at Crystal Palace. That was in the FA Cup fifth round, although we did go on to beat them in the replay. And then in 1988, we picked up our third and most recent win, as David Reeves scored the only goal for a 1-0 away win at Colchester. Since then, we've suffered two away defeats, losing 6-1 to Preston North End at Deepdale. That was in the Football League Trophy in 1991. Ronnie Jepson scored a first-half hat-trick in that match. And then we lost 3-1 in a league match at Leighton Orient in 1994. Our only two games on the 19th of February this millennium so far were both goalless draws. They were in league games and they were both at Turf Moor. The first of those was against Wigan Athletic, and that was in the year 2000, and was Ian Wright's Burnley debut. And the other was against Middlesbrough in 2013. So to summarise, Burnley's overall record on the 19th of February is... Played 17, won 3, drawn 4 and lost 10, with 12 goals for and 15 against. Excellent. So, in the second half of the season, we have introduced a new section called Battle of the Bosses. We decided to persevere with this section and we introduced it last week. This involves us looking at the head-to-head record between the two managers. So, Dave, perhaps you can tell us a bit more about how Sean Dyche has fared against Graham Potter in the past. Uh, yeah, this week we're going to take a look at the two managers. Sean Dyche, who is now in his 10th year as Burnley manager, and Graham Potter, who took over as head coach at Brighton in May 2019. Uh, he signed a four-year contract with the Seagulls. Um, there have been five games between the two teams since Potter took charge at Brighton, and all have been quite close. Uh, although both the meetings at Brighton so far have been drawn, we've uh, mentioned those already, uh, Potter has had the upper hand in games at Turf Moor. Uh, Brighton have won two of those and drawn one. So with Sean Dyche yet to mastermind a Burnley win in five attempts against his opposite number, he'll be hoping, as we all are, that this weekend will finally be the time he gets that elusive win. As good a time as any. OK, now that we've completed our look into the past, it's time to bring us back to the present day, starting with our scouting report. Scouting report! Yeah, Brighton, like Burnley, have kept faith with their manager. And based on them having picked up 33 points to date from 24 matches, you have to think they'll be considering themselves all but safe already. In addition to their summer transfer activity, they've brought in Polish midfielder Kasper Kozlowski, and Belgian striker Denis Undav during the January transfer window. And they seem to be a team that casts its net quite wide to bring in players who've gone under the radar, but can usually do a job in the Premier League. Of course, we face Brighton at Turf Moor on the opening day of the current Premier League season, and after taking the lead, we're unfortunate not to get something out of the game. Uh, They are currently in ninth place, and will perhaps be looking to push even further up the table. Uh, Graham Potter uh, has used a variety of different formations throughout this season. He started with a 4-1-4-1 in the reverse fixture, 
but he switched between having three or four at the back. Compared with most of the other teams we've played, I can't think of any others that have tinkered with their formation quite as much. Of course, some of this may have been due to player absences as a result of illness and injury, but for once it isn't particularly obvious how they might line up on Saturday, although they did revert to a 4-4-2 for their midweek match against Manchester United at Old Trafford, which they lost 2-0. What we do know ahead of this weekend's game is that central defender Lewis Dunk will be unavailable. He was sent off, perhaps harshly so, following a VAR review in the defeat at Old Trafford. And he'll miss out, as will Enoch Mwepu and Jeremy Sarmiento due to injuries. Uh, although Alex Alexis McAllister picked up a knock on Tuesday evening, he's expected to be available to play. Uh, Neil Mope is Brighton's top goalscorer with eight so far this season. And he also leads the way in terms of FPL points with 87. Behind him in second place is the goalkeeper, Robert Sanchez. And in third place is Mark Cucciarella. Well, you've heard our thoughts about our visitors. But for balance, we try and bring you an opposition view every time. And this week, it has been kindly provided by Joshua Goldsmith from the Together BHA fan channel. Opposition view. Hi guys, this is Josh with Together BHA. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I just want to respond to some questions that you all sent over about the game this weekend, Brighton Burnley uh, at the Amex. Um, just a couple of questions that you threw over here. Uh, how well things have gone for me uh, or Albion this season, of course. Um, I think this has been an excellent season for Brighton. Uh, I mean, unparalleled, uh, especially in my lifetime, right? Um, we've We've never had a season this good. Um, we're we're looking at possibly breaking our best ever positional record uh, in in the top flight in our history uh, this this year. So uh, I think it's safe to say that that things have gone just about as well as you could hope they would. Um, didn't spend a huge amount of money in the summer. Uh, you know, we we let go of Ben White, which which hasn't really hurt us too much at all. Uh, made a great sum back for Dan Byrne as well. You'll know all about that with Chris Wood. Um, and, and yeah, I think the season's gone incredibly well so far. Um, you know, zero complaints. Uh, where do I realistically see ourselves finishing? Um, I, <laughs> this is a really tough one. Um, I, I've heard a couple of commentators as we we play these recent weeks talking about our push for Europe. Um, definitely don't think we're there yet. Uh, I, you know, I would, I would absolutely be over the moon with, with where we are now in ninth or 10th place. Um, I think that would be outstanding given, given, you know, the budget we work on, especially our wage budget, you know, we're 16th in the league, uh, on wage budget that generally that, that reflects in the table, but, but not currently. Um, so I, I would take mid table. Um, you know, it's nice to be in February, uh, and, and not worrying about relegation for the first time in five years. So, uh, anywhere in that mid-table grouping would be lovely. If we can make a push for one of those, uh, you know, Mickey Mouse European competition places, the Conference League or whatever it is, uh, certainly not going to turn it down. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't think that we're we're quite there yet. Um, and 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 this summer is going to be an odd one uh, with with a possible outgoing. So take that mid-table place and and move on and, and strengthen in the summer. Um, in terms of Potter and, and what his approach to Saturday's game is going to be, um, I suspect that it's going to be a bit of necessity more than anything else. Um, Tarek Lamptey, I'm almost guaranteeing, will start because uh, he came on as a sub later on. Trossard uh, will probably start as well. He went off early as a sub against United midweek, as did Mopay, so I would expect them both to start. 
Um, my big issue, obviously, is the Lewis Dunk suspension. Um, obviously, we're not going to be playing him. We don't have Dan Byrne. Uh, so I suspect we may well see a partnership of uh, Adam Webster and one of Veltman and Duffy in that back line, depending on how we want to play things. Uh, we may well go with a three at the back, in which case we'll see all three of them. Uh, or, or we may well see a four at the back uh, with, with one of them on the bench. It's it's really, really tough to predict Grant Potter's lineups because uh, they're different every week. Um, he is just... <laughs> unbelievably inconsistent with his choices uh you know he tailors his lineup to every game individually uh, so it's really tough to call um and then the final two things what if anything is my fear from burnley uh Veghorst, uh i said on the podcast uh, for together bha this week uh, after the manchester united game that he scares me greatly uh, he's a very big lad uh, strong uh, and, and and looks like he's got a tidy touch on the ground. Um, I know there's been some injury concern there. It looks like he may feature. Uh, if he does, um, I think we're going to be in big trouble. I think he causes. I think he's going to cause a problem for anybody um, in this in this division. It, it looks like he's a very good player. Uh, and and again, well well money well spent from from Burnley. I think you've done a great job there with him and Maxwell uh, that you signed in the summer. Um, you know the the money you spent to the talent you brought in i think i think is great um and then finally score prediction uh i'm gonna go ahead and say that i think that we have enough to win it um but whether we do or not is very tough to call um i'm going with either a nil nil or one nil to brighton um really not sure which one it's gonna be um but i'm going for for one nil or nil nil uh burnley playing away that despite you you know being quite poor this year uh you play in a way that that is very difficult for brighton to break down with the current offensive talent we have so i'm gonna go with nil nil or one nil um and, and good luck for the rest of the season thanks again to joshua for giving his his thoughts ahead of saturday's match so dave finally who is going to be our referee on saturday uh, we've got Kevin Friend of Leicester. He's going to be the referee for the game on Saturday afternoon. Uh, he was in charge at Turf Moor back in October. That was for our nil-nil draw against Norwich City. And that was his only other Burnley game this season prior to this weekend. Uh, for awarding a high, highly dubious penalty to Liverpool in their match at Crystal Palace in January, he was banished to the uh, Championship for a couple of matches, but he was back last week to take charge of the Premier League match between Spurs and Wolves. Uh, the first time he refereed a Burnley game was way back in 2005 when he took charge of a championship match at Turf Moor against West Ham United. And we've seen him regularly over the years, racking up 29 games in the middle, making this one his 30th. Uh, our overall record in those games is 1-9, drawn 6 and lost 14, although we have five wins from his previous 18 Premier League games. And finally for this section, Peter Banks will be the video assistant referee. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week! Well, we're not going to leave it there because I know you like to treat our listeners, Dave. So why don't you delve deep into your bank of stats and treat us all to this week's Stat of the Week? Uh, yeah, this week I just want to talk about, uh, well, Burnley's uh, status really and the uh, what, what we're going to need to get uh, ourselves to safety. Uh, there has been quite a bit of discussion about how many points Burnley might need to be clear of the bottom three places this season. Uh, although there are some fans who might have given up hope already, I firmly believe that with 17 games remaining, there's still plenty to play for. Although it's often said that a notional target of 38 points, one point per game, 
usually usually ensures survival, it can vary quite a bit from season to season. Others quote a target of 10 wins across the season, assuming that several draws in addition to that would be enough for safety. However, West Bromwich Albion survived with 34 points in 2004-05, and they only won six games all season. They drew 16, uh, whereas in other seasons, like 2009-10, 31 points would have actually been enough to steer clear of the bottom three. In truth, there are no guarantees, and even 40 points isn't certain to get a team to safety. And so we probably need to just take things a game at a time, as there's very little we can do to control results elsewhere. But remember, although there aren't any must-win games at this stage of the season, despite what some people might say, we must start to win some games very soon, as draws aren't going to be good enough to keep us in the league. And we'd quite like to maintain our proud record and stay in the Premier League next season and beyond. So, Dave, you don't like the term must-win. Is Saturday another must-not-lose, or... With this season, with Brighton being so far away from us in the table, do we view that in the same way that we view our matches against the top six? Are we we more concerned about the matches coming up against the teams that are around us in terms of taking all three points from those? Um, Yeah, if you look at it like that and say, you know, we have to get, let's say, another six or seven wins those are more valuable if you get them against teams around you. So that that's, that stands to reason. But you can't really control that too much. You you want to get the points from, from, from wherever you can get them. Um, and Brighton is an opportunity. We do have a decent record down there. We've, uh, we haven't lost in four Premier League games. We've won one and drawn three. Um, they are a bit of a, a draw specialist as well. So maybe the sensible money this weekend might be on a, a drawn game. But we need to take it above and beyond and, and try and get a victory. Um, it's no games are easy in the Premier League. No away games in particular are easy. But Brighton perhaps is easier than some of the games we've had. Um, we have picked up draws on the road. We just haven't been able to uh, convert any of them to wins so far. And we're going to have to get some wins from somewhere. So yeah, why not start on Saturday? Yeah, I know the lads were talking on on the analysis show about uh, these next few games we've got all being winnable. Really, though, you know, there's no reason why we couldn't. Be, be seeing some wins if we can uh, finish off some of the chances we're creating. Uh, Brighton, whilst the you know potentially chasing uh, that elusive uh, seventh spot, like you say, they are uh, a draw. Especially they've, they've only won seven games this season, but they find themselves sitting only four points off that um, potential European spot, dreaming in, in the way that we did a few years back. Um, and, and then with with. Matches coming up against Spurs, who who could you know be seen to be having a bit of a wobble at the minute, and and Leicester, who haven't found you know the same form as they might have found earlier in the season. Um, yeah, but you're right. We we are now we're now at that point where our games in hand wouldn't make us safe if we won them. You know, we we we've drifted away a little bit now, and it, it's it's not completely in our hands. Um, but but yeah, time is ticking. Games are, are coming thick and fast, um, and wins are needed. Whichever way you look at it, we can't take draws from the next four games and and expect to be any closer to safety than we are now. I don't think. Um, do you think um, Kieran Trippier's injury will affect Newcastle greatly, or do you think they've got still got enough um, quality that they've brought in and momentum that they've generated to to start to pull away, Dave? I think it's a blow for them because it, it was well, it, it was improving their all-round play, and he was scoring goals. 
the injuries God has got a broken metatarsal that can take quite a while to heal. Um, I think on average they reckon he might be back maybe early May, which means he could be back for the last couple of games of the season, mm. uh, potentially uh, playing us on on the last day of the season. Uh, but yeah, I think it will be a, a a blow to them. I mean, they have brought other players in as well, and maybe they have got that momentum. They, they've won their last three games, haven't they? So that has just taken them. Um, away a little bit, and perhaps you look more to the likes of Brentford. Brentford are on a, a, an awful run. Uh, we do play Brentford. That's one of our next five games. That's the, f- the fifth game after we play um, um, the, the games that you mentioned and uh, uh, Leicester and Crystal Palace. Uh, we do play Brentford. That is an away game. Uh, but again, that that that's probably more of a must win in terms of being able to. Um, catch them up, assuming that they continue their poor form. I mean, they they could get a couple of wins and, and that would make them a little bit safer. And then you're thinking more about the likes of uh, Leeds who struggled and, um, and Everton who've been patchy. Um, but again, you, you can't think too much about their games. You've got to just concentrate on, on our games and, and try and get some wins on the board. You know, a couple of back-to-back wins would make a, a big difference. As you say, it wouldn't get us to... Um, uh, out of the bottom three, but it would um, it would make things a lot more competitive uh, for the remainder of the season. Yeah, I mean, we we are a team that can go on a run once we get going, um, and and now would be the perfect time for that to happen. I think to you know in, invoke the spirit of previous seasons where we've gone maybe five or six games or seven games unbeaten, um, that would really do us no harm, really, and really claw us back to that. Uh, that seventeenth place, which is is realistically the best I think we can hope for, really this season. Uh, we just you know want to get above that bottom three. Um, if we do go down, Dave, how how, um, how much of an impact do you think that would be? I mean, obviously there'll be a financial impact in some ways, but and there'll be players that leave. Do you think we'll lose more players if we go down than if we stay up, or do you think? You know the vast majority would stick with us, and maybe we, the the players who, who we might lose this summer, even if we stay up, would just be the ones that that we see go. I think it's hard to tell, really. I mean, we 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 know that, like with Chris Wood, there was a clause in his contract, and that obviously triggered, and uh, there may be similar clauses in other players' contracts. We know that Tark is out of contract at the end of the season. Uh, so he's more than likely going to go. Uh, there are plenty of other players out of contract as well, so that'll have um, uh, a bearing on things. Um, but again, I, th- I think we we are still we do have still have seventeen games to play. We have to remember that we are only just over halfway through the season. So um, it's one of those where you you kind of have to have the thought in the back of your mind, but not let let it worry you too much until uh, a little bit further down the line. But you know, just try try and be be wary of the situation. And um, what what will be will be in in some respects, but I think we have got players who who would stick with us, um, and I think there are others who would be more saleable assets who who may need to be sold to um, to bridge that that gap. Yeah, absolutely. So coming back to Brighton game, then let's have a, a little score prediction. What do you how, how do you see this one planning out? They've obviously that you mentioned they've got. A, a, Dunk missing, he got suspended, didn't he? Um, maybe that's something that that Burnley will be able to exploit with their ghost. Um, if they've got someone else coming in, um, but they've also got the you know a good ability to punish us, don't they? They've got some top players, Mopé, you've mentioned. So, um, what's your prediction for this weekend, Dave? 
I'm torn. I'm torn between thinking it's going to be another draw and then thinking, yeah, it might just be our turn to sneak a win. So I'm going to be positive. I'm going to go for a 2-1 away win. 2-1 to Burnley. Oh, and do you have scorers? Um, I think Maxwell Corney is going to score one. And I think, um, assuming he's playing with it, looks like he is listening to the uh, the press conference. I think uh, Vout will get his first goal. Marvellous. That'll be great to see. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think we might be able to get a win as well. I think I'll go for a win. Um, and I think it'll be tighter. I think it'll just be maybe a, a classic Burnley one nil. Um, and I think it'll. I also think it'll be Vout. I think he's he's ready for that first goal now. I think he's shown he's getting closer and closer with each match. And um, they've had the full week off now. And yeah, I think Vout will get one for us, and we'll win one nil. Fantasy Premier League update. So on to the Fantasy Premier League. Brighton's game against Manchester United on Tuesday was the final match of game week 25. So we are now able to bring you some FPL updates. Starting with the latest league table and the current standings in the race for February's Manager of the Month. Uh, yeah, we weren't able to bring any league updates last time, uh, so we're going to run down the current top 10 uh, as at the end of game week 25. So we've got in 10th place uh, our very own Adam Dennett. He slipped slightly, had a very good um, January, but he slipped down to 10th place. It is very tight at the top. Um, in 9th place is Ursay. Uh, in 8th place, Chris Stanworth. 7th uh, is Jack Toner. 6th is Brody Robinson. And then a climber, uh, someone who's done very well previously, Tall Paul, is up to fifth place, making a late run. Uh, Jacob Sapwells uh, in fourth. Jaden Fitton in third. Uh, in second place is Luke Lambert, but way out in front. Got a lead of 31 points now is Joe Elliott, who's been at the top for uh, for quite a while. He's uh, on 1,637 points, leading the way for the season to date. And if we want to look at uh, February, uh, I'm going to give you a, a top four for February because uh, uh, the third and fourth are a joint third in actual fact on 164 points. They are uh, Christopher Swarbrick and uh, Angel Delgado. They're both on 164 for February. In second place is Chris Stamworth. Uh, on 167. In fact, it's joint first. Chris Stanworth and Jonathan Ball both have 167 points for February. So it's very tight at the top for our February manager of the month. And uh, who's going to get that uh, much coveted no near never sticker? Absolutely, yes. I sent Adams out in the post this week. So uh, I expect to see that stuck up on the wall behind him next time we record with him. What's happened in our mini league for, uh, for the no near never team then, Dave? Anything? Uh, not a great deal, to be honest. Um, I'd be very surprised if any of us can catch Adam Dennett. He's way out in front. Um, you're actually down in fourth place, Matt, at the moment, behind George in third. Uh, you're still well ahead of Natalie, uh, as you have been since well before Christmas. So we're going to skip this section again until there's anything of note to report. Yeah, I've struggled a bit recently. It's slightly better this week, um, but, um, yeah, I'm not quite sure. not kind of found the... Uh the key to unlocking a few more points yet so i'll have to have a think about that with some of these doubles and blanks coming up i might go back and listen to adam's bit of advice from last week and uh, see if that's any use okay then uh what can you tell us who is in this week's uh, team of the week for game week 25 
Uh, well, yeah, we do like to keep you up to date with the latest team of the week, and here are the best performing players from the round of matches which has just finished. Uh, the team was uh, organised in a 4-5-1 formation. Uh, we actually had Brentford's goalkeeper, Rea, in goal. Uh, our defenders, our back four, were uh, Webster of Brighton, uh, Coleman of Everton, uh, Michael Keane also of Everton, and uh, Lamptey of Brighton, so a couple of Brighton defenders in there. Uh, our midfield was uh, Sterling of Manchester City, Gordon of Everton, uh, Dendonker of Wolves, uh, Jared Bowen of West Ham United, and uh, Jaden Sancho of Manchester United. Um, and then up front on his own was Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, the highest scoring player overall for Game Week 25 was Manchester City's Raheem Sterling, who got 18 points. Yeah, I think uh, the double game week for Brighton and Manchester United uh, boosted a few of those players into there, didn't they? Um, so I think we'll need to find something else for our FPL section for the next couple of shows, as Game Week 26 is a double game week and continues on until the Thursday, the 24th of February. That means when we record our Spurs preview show, as well as the one for our trip to Crystal Palace, the tables won't have been updated. But we'll get our thinking caps on here at No One Ain't Ever Towers and we'll try and find something else FPL related to bring you instead. If you are one of our top 10 managers and you are listening and you want to come on and give away a little bit of uh, hints and tips without uh, spoiling your chances, then you're more than welcome. Just get in touch in the usual ways. Statman Dave's quiz question. So, all that's left is our quiz question of the week. Dave, what have you got for us this week? Uh, yeah, quiz question. We mentioned earlier that Brighton had played at other grounds before they moved to their new stadium in 2011. And after leaving the Goldstone ground in 1997, uh, they even had to play at Gillingham. That was over 70 miles away before they moved to the rather unsuitable with Dean Stadium. That was the one with the big athletics track around it and you were miles away when you uh, were trying to watch the game. Um, and that's actually the focus of this week's quiz question, which is... Which Burnley players scored our first and last goals at Brighton's With Dean Stadium? How can people submit their answers if they know, if they think they know? Uh, you can get in touch with us to let us know the answer using any one of these methods. You can tweet us or preferably send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at Never. You can email us to the dedicated email address we've got set up, which is previewshow at knownanever.net. Or you can also reply to the post for this preview show on either the No Name Never Facebook page or on YouTube. And because the matches are coming thick and fast, so are the preview shows. So you'll have to be quick again with your answers to this one, as there isn't long before we sit down and record our preview for our home game against Spurs. We will be recording that either Sunday or Monday evening. So if you think you know the answers, get them in sharpish. Do we have any community news this week, Dave? Uh, yeah, just a couple of quick ones from me this week. Uh, firstly, well done to David Ellis. He was the winner of the Twitter competition, which we ran with Matthew J.I. Wood Design to win a Turf Moor print. Uh, that should be on its way to you, David, as we speak. Uh, well done again. And remember to follow our social media channels for more competitions in the future. Uh, and also a reminder that this season there's also a weekly No Nay Never newsletter. You can visit uh, No Nay Never dot substack.com that's nonenever.substack.com to read and to subscribe brilliant well i think that's all we've got time for on this week's preview show 
just need to thank everyone who's been involved in this, to Joshua Goldsmith from um, Together BHA for providing us with an opposition view, to Turf Moors stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements, to Statman Dave for researching and providing all the stats and facts for our preview show episodes, and last but by no means least, Thanks to you, the listener, for taking the time to join us for this episode. Your support is very much appreciated, and we most certainly would not be here without you. As I said at the top of the show, the lads did record an analysis show this week, which is out. So there's plenty for you to listen to if you're making your way down to Brighton for Saturday's match. Safe journeys if you do. Hopefully Storm, what's her name, will have passed over, and it'll be a calm journey there and back for you. I've been producer Matt. This has been in the preview show from the No Name Never podcast. Until next time. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.